0: Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan.
1: Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe's across me, natural-born conservative, mayor of Shemokin Dam, uh, works in all kinds of great volunteer efforts, CSVT task force uh, chairperson, and uh, he's a natural-born listener, but he does wear Fox funnels to funnel out any other sounds that might try to reach his ears. That
2: says you've got your MSNBC funnels on this
1: morning, only I on,
2: They have the new Green ones on only on one side. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The new pink ones on
1: this C- pink and MSNBC seem to go dead. <laughs> Thank you. <We> got <laughs> CNN and MSNBC funnels on that prevents me from hearing any Fox News. So, uh, Mr. Rob Sanders on the other side of the glass. I'm Mark Lawrence. I portray a liberal on the radio and uh, very glad and to you're doing a swell job. Host <laughs> the show. Oh yeah, we had a big <laughs> argument yesterday. We got yelled at yesterday for arguing yesterday. So who who yelled at us? People. Oh okay. I <laughs> said <That's, that's laughs> uh, you've accomplished nothing through. Throughout all of that. Well, we're very glad to say well, that here's a guy have... who's trying to accomplish something on the line. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just the opposite of us. A man whose uh, resume continues to get longer and better. Uh, Jeff Bartos is on the line. He's a U.S. Senate candidate. He's a Republican from Montgomery County. He's a businessman there. Real estate developer. I see on his resume he's added philanthropist there during the pandemic. Maybe was before then, but certainly uh, last year as well. And uh, he is visiting all 67 counties in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania did make some stops in central Pennsylvania and we met up with him and uh, we're glad to say that he's on the news line with us now good morning Jeff it's good morning
3: good morning gentlemen thank you so much for having good morning to your listeners Uh, I am proud to to report from the road between uh, Butler and Mercer County on our way to our 50th stop as we start day 10 of this 12-day, 67-county bus tour. So lots to report from the road, and uh, I'm very eager to share it with you and your listeners. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh my gosh, well, thank you. How's the traffic between Butler and Mercer County? I, I envision you as the one person pulled off there, <laughs> waiting alongside the road.
3: Well, we've got this huge bus uh, with our uh, Fighting for Pennsylvania, uh, right on the side of the bus, and and we are rolling along, but we we of course have already been in Northumberland. We were there, uh, as you mentioned, in central Pennsylvania last week, and We're in Sealand's Grove in Sunbury and look forward to being with you in the studio again soon as we were back in 2018.
2: Well, admittedly, you're running into a lot of Republicans since you are a Republican running for this office. But what's on the voters' minds these days? Are you finding that Donald Trump is still a factor in Pennsylvania in this race? uh, Or has uh, Jesse lost his endorsed candidate, lost a special election in Texas last night? So is Donald Trump uh, good for the party or bad for the party?
3: Well, what I'm hearing from voters, and it's interesting, across all 49 counties that we visited, I suspect we'll hear it in Mercer uh, just in a few short minutes when we arrive for our 50th stop. The number one thing I hear everywhere, from Philadelphia County, the biggest county in the Commonwealth, to Cameron County, the smallest county in the Commonwealth that we visited last Monday, business owners can't find employees. And so these small businesses that were crushed by career politicians during the pandemic, you know, the government made decisions to allow giant companies remain open while small companies small mom and pops got crushed and had to be closed uh these now these small businesses that are trying to build back uh they can't find workers and that is the number one thing i hear in the 49 stops we've made today
1: how does that relate to uh, president trump his impact on the republican party and the nation right now and and your uh, ties to him if any
3: well, I would say, really, again, what I'm hearing from voting from Pennsylvanians everywhere we go is how could the government, funny, that in Cameron County last week, a uh, small business owner, I think it was under 5,000 people in Cameron County, the small business owner, this restaurant owner said to me, Jeff, when you get to Washington, make me a promise. And I said, yes, sir. Now, look, as a candidate, he says that, don't do stupid things. And I smiled and laughed and said. You got your guy here. I'm not going to do stupid things. I'm a business guy. I'm a common sense guy. Um, and so what that small business owner was saying is, how can you pay people to stay home when we have 9 million job openings? And I, my restaurant, which I rely on for my income, we can only be open four days a week because we can't find employees. So that's what I'm hearing. Uh, depending on when we're in the northern tier, uh, you know, north, and north, north of Route 80, you hear all the time about broadband and the quality of the roads and flooding. Of course, in central Pennsylvania, you hear different things, which is why this bus tour is so important. Uh, you got to get out there as a candidate. I've done this before, not my first rodeo, won a statewide primary, uh, ran in the general election in 2018 as the lieutenant governor nominee. So I, I don't need a focus group or a poll to tell me what's on the minds of my fellow Pennsylvanians, we're going right to the main streets across all 67 counties to hear exactly what's undermined.
1: All right. we'll, we'll skip the President Trump conversation then for now. Introduce yourself to our audience. Tell us a little bit more about uh, Jeff Bartos and uh, the issues that you stand for.
3: Oh, well, I'm a small business owner, uh, a proud uh, husband of my wife, Cheryl, for 24 years this year, a uh, proud dad to my two daughters, who will be 21 and 19. Next month, both both in college, uh, one here in Pennsylvania, one in Texas. Um, love my co- lifelong resident of, com- of of Pennsylvania, as you mentioned. Uh, born and raised in Berks County, we've made our home in Montgomery County for the last twenty plus years and raised our family there. And um, you know, we after the last campaign, I, I went right back to work doing what I love, uh, developing homes and running my small businesses. And uh, you know, when the pandemic struck, as you mentioned uh, with the philanthropy, I started a nonprofit, uh, and I started that knowing that small businesses in our community were really struggling, and I wanted to help in any way I could uh, in those early days. Started very modestly at first, uh, but a year plus later, that nonprofit I started and and led uh, until we launched the campaign, uh, raised $3.6 million and helped over 1,000 businesses, 1,000 women and men keep the lights on in their small businesses, saving thousands and thousands of jobs for working families across all 67 counties, including right there uh, in Northumberland. So uh, we this has been the fight I've been leading. As part of that effort, I called, personally, 600 of those business owners myself, of the 1,000-plus that we uh, were able to help. And what I heard is what I'm hearing now. You know, The government needs to level the playing field. Small business owners don't want anything except a fair, a fair and level playing field. Um, that fight I led during the pandemic is the fight I'm bringing to this uh, campaign. But way more importantly, it's the fight I'll bring to the floor of the United States Senate. A common-sense business person, a business guy, who knows how to get things done for people, and more importantly, knows how to listen uh, to the people of Pennsylvania.
2: Well, given all your activities, have you garnered any prominent endorsements in your run?
3: Well, thank you. Yes, I am very, very proud to have the endorsement of our state treasurer, Stacey uh, you know, very many state representatives and state senators from across the Commonwealth, ranging west to east, uh, north to south, uh, across the Commonwealth. Uh, Scott Wagner, uh, the gubernatorial nominee in 2018. Strong supporter and has endorsed my campaign early, but I want to focus back on Stacy Garrity, who is a phenomenal leader, a businesswoman, uh, 30 plus years in the military, retired as a colonel. Uh, our state treasurer is off and running in a great way, doing a great job, and I am proud to have her endorsement and support. And look forward to working with her and her team, you know, not only during this campaign but as the United States senator to to do whatever we can to bring prosperity to Pennsylvania and to help our fellow Pennsylvanians build a better life for the for their children and grandchildren.
2: One of the uh, the things that uh, Bob Casey and the senator you're seeking to replace have tried to do over the past years is work across the aisle with one another. And matter of fact, I understand that they had a very uh, very early meeting, early in uh, uh, their terms, to talk about what could be done together. Do you see any chance, if you're elected, working across the aisle, and with whom would you work, and what would you hope to achieve?
3: Well, I hope you can hear it in my voice and what the issues that we're talking about, and and way more importantly, what I'm hearing from my fellow Pennsylvanians, our fellow Pennsylvanians. Uh, This campaign is an optimistic campaign focused on the future, uh, looking at uh, what capitalism and free markets and and the inspirational, uh, aspirational, entrepreneurial spirit that is uniquely Pennsylvania, right? We we, we are the birthplace of America, but uniquely Pennsylvania, uh, I think that that message really cuts across uh, the divide we see on the mainstream media and certainly on social media. And I don't see it when I'm campaigning. I see uh, the issues that unite us across Pennsylvania, in particular amongst small business owners, whether in Philadelphia or Cameron County or or everywhere in between, uh, those issues that unite us are far far exceed what divide us. Uh, And that's the type of not only senator I'll be, right? This bus tour, I think, shows exactly the type of senator I'll be. All 67 counties every year. Fighting for all Pennsylvanians and doing it in a way that brings people together uh, and, and cuts against the message that uh, you see certainly in the mainstream, you but you, which is divisive, and social media which is a sewer. Um, we're running a very different campaign.
1: If elected, you have an opportunity to pick up the mantle where U.S. Senator Pat Toomey left off uh, fighting for some common-sense changes in gun laws that would make us safer. What are some common-sense changes in gun laws that you feel would make us safer?
3: Well, I think Senator Toomey and I have a, uh, a different uh, different perspective on the Second Amendment. I, I come from Berks County. I was raised in a family where my dad uh, reloaded his own shotgun shells and his own 45 caliber bullets. At an early age, I was— uh, taught how to properly store, care for, take apart, clean, put back together, use a firearm. My 21st birthday present was a Glock 21, uh, which I like to say on the campaign truck. My dad probably should have gotten me a nine millimeter to start, but uh, but he got me the 45 caliber handgun. Um, I carry a nine millimeter when I'm in the state, uh, not when we're traveling around the state, because we go. You know, from time to time, you have to duck out of the state on the roads, uh, but. So I'm a strict constructionist when it comes to the reading of the Second Amendment. Uh, shall not infringe. be shall not infringe. Uh, and so from my perspective, uh, we don't need any more gun laws. Uh, what we need is to trust uh, law-abiding citizens to do the right thing for themselves and their families and, uh, and have government get out of the way.
1: Hey, one of our listeners sends us a note. that uh, says, ask him to describe his loyalty to President Trump and the impact that President Trump is having.
3: Sure. Well, I supported President Trump in 2016. I, I proudly supported him again in 2020. I think his policies not only gave us the strongest economy in our lifetimes before the pandemic, but also on the international stage, uh, whether it's holding China to account for its uh, egregious practices, its human rights violations, its warmongering in the South China Sea, um, the peace deals in the Middle East, uh, the Abraham Accords, which the Biden administration refuses to even talk about. I don't think they can utter the words Abraham Accords Uh four peace deals between Israel and her Gulf Arab neighbors in the span of 45 days when the prior 50 years had seen two peace deals total. I think the president and his team were hitting on all cylinders, and I I worked very hard to see that he was reelected. In the days, hours after the election, uh, I helped uh, fund um, and raise money for the poll watching that was going on in Philadelphia because I knew that we needed to make sure we had 24-7 poll watchers there, and so I helped to raise money for the Philly GOP and also contributed to that. Uh, and I think the president uh, certainly, the former president certainly has uh, a big role to play in, in moving forward in the, in the party. And I'd be honored to have his endorsement and support.
1: What are the lessons we learned last year in terms of race relations and Black Lives Matter and police relations and uh, police activities? What did you learn last year that you'll take to Washington?
3: Well, and again, I I come back to the work I did with the small businesses. Uh, When we helped those 1,000-plus women and men keep the lights on in their small businesses, we didn't ask what their political affiliations were. We didn't ask what their race was. We didn't ask uh, what their sexual orientation was. We wanted to help our fellow Pennsylvanians on every Main Street. As I got out um, during uh, the pandemic and also over the last four months visiting some of these small businesses that we were able to help, what I'm struck by, whether you're a black man in North Philadelphia or, or Pittsburgh, or a black woman running your small business in West Philadelphia or, or uh, Shmokin Dam uh, or a white woman or a white man running your business, the issues that you're dealing with, sweating the payroll, taking care of your employees, taking care of your customers, worrying about what's happening to the store to the left or right of you on the main street that you are uh, part of that community, those issues are, are very uniting. And so as we move forward in this campaign, I'm going to be stressing and talking to all the voters. Uh, of every race uh, about these issues that unite us. Uh, as I watched last summer, I was heartbroken to see what was happening in Philadelphia, where we've made our, the Philadelphia area, we've made our home for the last 20 plus years, but all across Pennsylvania, across the country, where we're seeing uh, stores burned out and, and small businesses, many of them black owned, immigrant owned small businesses. Watching that happen was heartbreaking. Our not as the smoke was clearing, uh, we committed immediately $100,000 to black-owned businesses in Philadelphia specifically to help them not only get boarded up, but work with their insurance company to make sure they got back. It doesn't take much to go on TV or on, their, on uh, social media and uh, be a keyboard warrior. Real leadership is rolling up your sleeves, getting on the ground with the people, and making sure that not only you're listening, once you've listened, you go to fight the policies that are actually going to help them. That is not a racial issue, that is a leadership
2: issue. Well, I I asked you this question before, and and you came back and said you were very, you're running an optimistic campaign. But I'm curious, uh, I want to give you a chance to actually address this issue. If you have a chance to get to be the United States Senator, do you see opportunities to work across the aisle with the Democrats, and if so, on what issues, and what would you like to see accomplished?
3: I would love to see, uh, as we travel around the state, uh, I see that we, we really need help with our roads here in Pennsylvania. I think every Pennsylvanian who makes a living or, or uh, is, is related to a living uh, where you, or just travels sees that our roads are atrocious, uh, sees that our rural broadband is uh, abysmal, sees that the cell service and, and connectivity in many parts of our Commonwealth is substandard. And so I would be eager to work uh, with all, uh, all my fellow senators, Democrat, Republican, Independent alike, on real infrastructure reform, not what the Biden administration is doing, but real infrastructure reform. And that's, I think, an issue of common ground. And there's anything that moves Pennsylvania forward, that builds a better life for children and grandchildren, makes Pennsylvania a place uh, where our children and grandchildren want to live. And just as importantly, where Pennsylvanians don't feel like they have to take a plane ride to see their families because we've built the right kind of state here, the right kind of Commonwealth. I'll be fighting for those issues and I'll work with all my fellow senators on, on those
4: issues.
1: And one final question, that has to do with the impasse in Washington, uh, lack of progress in some areas, although I guess in Democratic budgetary items can be forced through. Uh, your view on how you'll be part of the solution uh, to the impasse and the abyss that we've fallen into in Washington?
5: Well, for
3: the first thing I did, as soon as I signed my statement of candidacy, is I signed a term limit pledge. I believe in the citizen legislature. I believe in my core that uh, women and men should go to Washington to serve and then come back to their communities to live under the laws that they helped to write. And so I pledge to serve no more than two terms. Uh, and I can go to Washington with uh, with, a, with a clear focus on getting things done for the people of Pennsylvania uh, in an optimistic, thoughtful, uh, and open-minded way. And, and my conservative values guide me. Um, but what guides me more than anything is trusting my fellow Pennsylvanians to do the right thing for themselves and their families And so that really means in a lot of places getting government out of the way, and letting communities at the community level uh, solve the problems, associations, private associations, community groups. And so I think um, that message is uh, sorely lacking. And if I summed it up in a sentence, common sense wisdom that I pick up everywhere I go in Pennsylvania is what I'll bring to the floor of the Senate. I think that's sorely lacking in our career politicians who have not signed term limit pledges. I'll be a different kind of senator and I'll fight for all Pennsylvanians.
1: Common sense wisdom. You'll be the pariah of Washington, D.C., if elected, so good good luck. Jeff, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. You have an open mic here and an open seat. If you wish to return again, we'd love to have you back here, and uh, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I look forward to being with you in studio the next time. And, of course, best to all your listeners on this beautiful
1: day. Thank you, Thank you so care. much. That is uh, Jeff Bartos Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, running for U.S. Senate in 2022 is when uh, the most active campaigning will take place and the primary and the fall election will take place uh, to replace Pat Toomey, who's, uh, I guess, retiring or not running again. And so that is uh, Jeff Bartos, Republican Montgomery County businessperson, real estate developer, uh, is. uh how he lists his resume. He has been here. He was in our studio when he ran for lieutenant governor uh, in uh, 2015-2016. So uh, he's definitely been around. So we appreciate his call in today. We're going to flip to open phones. We'd love to hear from you. What's your view on maybe what you heard in terms of his answers? Uh, He uh, thinks enforcing existing gun laws would be the best way to go. Uh, Sidestep the President Trump question a couple of times until one of our listeners texted us and said, please hold him to the fire on that. So we did get that in uh, and uh, says, you know, he has respect for but is not um, dreadfully loyal to President Trump the way like uh, Sean Parnell or somebody else might be. But, uh, yeah, so there you have it. What's your view on w- his remarks and his ideas? one 800 Now, what's your view on the other topics of the day? The world is talking about Simone Biles uh, using the tremendous uh, stress and uh, the mental health uh, aspect of uh, her career to step aside from some of the contesting that's underway in uh, Tokyo. So what's your view on that? Uh, We'd love to hear from you. And we had the first testimony in the January 6th Democratic, primarily Democratic, commission yesterday in Washington, not bipartisan, though there are two Republicans on board, uh, hearing from the police officers talking about uh, how the MAGA supporters referred to... uh, And we have some unfinished business... uh, as a uh FNN word, what one of the officers mm-hmm. said, the MAGA people were calling them So uh, what's your view on this uh, hearing? Some folks call it a sham. Other folks say, well, it's bound to come up uh, with some good information. And Nancy Pelosi has not mentioned if she'll testify or talk during her own commission, which of course she's, uh, I'm going to say, at least 10% culpable and maybe as much as President Trump. So, and then
2: the, you're still not letting me mention the unfinished business? And the unfinished
1: business. Please, Joe. Right. At town in New Jersey
2: that we talked about that had a went after a woman uh, for a flag that suggested Joe Biden have carnal knowledge of himself, okay? And there has been an ACLU intervention. Oh We'll talk okay. about that when we come back. Well, you always hate those. So. Oh, not
1: necessarily. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. You, you like them <laughs> when they defend uh, freedom, and you don't like them when they fight for freedom. So it's it's uh, it's both sides <laughs> of Joe. All right. 1-800-795-9565. We have time for a caller. one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. 795 9565 You can email us at onthemarkedwkok.com or text us at seven zero two three That's Joe on the bongos. Thank you, sir. Hey, man. Wow. Thank you, Rob Center our fabulous producer, He's the actual player of uh, fabulous uh, bumper music. Uh, we received in the email a, um, a a survey from Congressman Fred Keller. Well, let me finish this yeah. unfinished oh, business Oh, please. First, oh, okay? yeah, please go right ahead. Uh,
2: I thought this was interesting. We talked last week about a town in New Jersey has decided to end its effort to have a resident remove various anti-Biden signs from her property, including several that contain profanity, notably the oh, F word. Okay. The decision by official officials in Roselle Park, a borough of about 13,000 residents about 19 miles from New York City, came after the state's chapter of the American Civil Liberties Union decided to take up the woman's cause. It's a relief, said resident Andrea Dick, who allegedly posted the anti-Biden banners on a property that her mother owns. She told the outlet, my mother too, we both feel so relieved. I'm just so happy this is all over. The state's ACLU chapter called the town's decision to drop the case a First Amendment victory for Dick and her mother. Dick and her mother, Patricia de Delasio had faced fines of $250 a day for banners with slogans such as F Biden, Joe Biden does stuff that you wouldn't want to do, Socialism does the same stuff, Biden does the same stuff, the outlet reported. The mayor of Roselle Park said one of the primary concerns was that the banners were visible to young schoolchildren in the neighborhood and he had received complaints from residents. Uh, The mayor also told CNN over the weekend that the potential cost of a legal fight was a consideration for the town. So they dropped it, as they should have done in the first place.
1: Well, yeah, they were on thin ice. Unfortunately, you you, you hope that your neighbors have the decorum and, uh, well, I guess not morality. That's not the right word. But just the... The neighborliness, to not put the F word out there. So you have to explain to your kids what it means. But I guess you're going to have to at some point in neighborhoods because you do have that freedom.
2: Well, I, I can sympathize with the mayor because you know, you don't want that kind of thing near a school. I wouldn't want it. I <laughs> if mean, you're if you're doing some, a uh, business attraction tour to business Right. It doesn't come really.
1: Oh, and here's the <laughs> F row.
2: <laughs> here's, here's some people who really don't like President Biden. But political free speech, I guess, is political free Speech and the ACLU decided to take up her cause, and that caused the town to back off. I guess they didn't want that kind of a protracted legal involvement,
1: and it certainly would have been an expensive one. Well, I'm sure even the most lay solicitor at the you know the municipal level would say this is unsustainable. You can't pick a word out of the dictionary and say, "Aha, this one is not allowed." Well, we've had that discussion
2: before. You know, I, I forget which side we argued on. That um, did you were you in favor of her signs or opposed? Uh, I, I think,
1: for the sake of discussion, I chose that we she should not be permitted because of the my argument was that she should have been permitted to put them up there. Okay,
2: so So, here you have an instance where um, the right thing happened for perhaps the wrong reason. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way that works in America, (laughs) right? Well, you know, I I think I certainly think that Mrs. Dick um, should have had her common sense adjusted and not put them up anywhere near a schoolyard, but
1: at least. The principle of free speech was reaffirmed. Well, it's free speech isn't pretty. Than Mitchell said that 15 years ago in that chair. So <laughs> well, I want to write sometimes. that down from my wallet. Free speech doesn't, isn't pretty. Sometimes isn't pretty. Sometimes, I guess. yes. All right. So we will continue this conversation after the CBS News and after some news headlines. We'll invite you to join us on the radio. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK OK, Sunbury, 9 a.m.
0: Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan.
1: Greetings, welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Rob Center, is our fabulous producer. I want to give him the proper amount of credit. He takes great care of us in every way, so we very much appreciate that. Joe McGranahan is directly across from him. I occasionally very much appreciate well, I'm not appreciate directly him. across from Rob. You oh, said I was directly me. across from him. I don't know what I'm saying. I just read the cards, okay? I can't now? even see Rob. You can see him. I can't. Are you done now? Can I continue? Well, I'm just
2: trying to make things clear. I'm Mark Lawrence. If we had video, why people could see this for
1: themselves? Did you notice anything about my? <laughs>
2: oh, there's Rob. I can see him now. Hello, Rob. <laughs> oh, so
1: he stood up so he, he could reach over. Thank you. Appreciate that, Rob. He's a friendly guy. He likes yes, to yes, he is. He's a waver. <laughs> All right, but you know he's rock solid. He never wavers. So that's oh, the, that's the beauty brother. of him. All right, on the market sponsor of the Sunbury Motor Company. Please do check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll free line is now open one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five we can talk about mask mandates. You can, if you have a reaction to the F-word conversation that we probably just wrapped up there, the town will have to change its laws. they got a law on the books in New Jersey that says something's illegal that isn't. And uh, we can talk about our candidate, Jeff Bartos, was on the line. We have uh, Simone Biles who are making news for uh, mental health concerns. Just the tremendous building of stress as near as I can detect uh, was the reasoning behind her pulling out. But she got a lot of harsh comments on our Facebook page, people saying, uh, what a whoosh she is, or she needs to suck it up and uh, fight for the USA like everybody else uh, does. One individual says, "I had a father who was in World War II. If he can face the Nazis, she can surely face the parallel bars." So, uh, yeah, got a lot of pushback against her wow. uh, pull out, and of course a lot of support as well. So, what's your view on that? And uh, we have some news headlines. Maybe there's something in the news on which you wish to comment. One eight hundred. We were sent a survey from uh, Congressman Keller, who's really trying to find out this is uh, um, all sort of minor dispute behind. This is a pretty valid uh, survey that uh, he sent us, so I'm sure he's going to get to the bottom of something uh, noteworthy with that. Plus, he had a town hall this week. He's being criticized by the uh, Fridays with Fred group, but uh, did have yet another town hall this week, telephonically, of course, with screened calls. But, hey, better. Better, better that than nothing, I suppose. On the mark sponsor of well, the, the Sunday, welcome mark, mat
2: here is still open for him.
1: <laughs> yes, we're still, We're laund- hoping. Did we're, you say the laundromat no, is No, the op- welcome mat. Oh, the welcome <laughs> mat. I can't hear you. New headphones. Our toll-free line is open, 1-800-795-9565. <laughs> if he wants to come in and air his dirty laundry, he can do that, too. 1-800-795- Don Henley, 1978 later than that. Later than that, okay. I'll say that. About
6: but
1: 1981, 82. 81, okay. Yeah. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number, one 800 795 Okay, You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at uh, 70236. We'd love to hear from you and the method that you choose to contact us. Uh, there is, uh, There are some news headlines. A woman from Snyder County died in a car crash in Lebanon County this week. State troopers at Bowmansville telling us 38-year-old Jill Kratzer of uh, Middleburg sustained uh, fatal injuries in the Interstate 76 crash on Monday. Masking will be optional at the Line Mountain School District this year. During last night's school board meeting, they had an extensive discussion about this and decided to keep their health and safety plan in place as it is with masking optional. The CDC recommends masking for everybody in schools. Superintendent Dave Campbell says the district is strongly encouraging parents and guardians to conduct daily COVID-19 symptom screening prior to student arrival at school the mayor of pennsylvania's largest city has an option to declare a state of emergency that would allow him to use additional budgetary measures and even outside policing to control the gun violence that is significantly out of control in the city of brotherly love this year but as we're about to (laughs) hear a misnamed city he is not about to ever do that
5: Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney says he sees no need to declare a state of emergency on gun violence in Philadelphia.
7: I don't believe any city in the country has declared uh, this an emergency. I think there's been one declaration, and that's the governor of New York. And with that came money. Governor Wolf indicated that he's not aware of any money that could come as a result of making that declaration.
5: Kenny, who says city police are doing all they can, believes the flow of illegal guns is contributing to the violence, with many disagreements which were once dealt with through a fist fight now being resolved by guns. Kenny says the gun violence has taken a toll on him. It affects
7: me in a long-term negative way, and I hope when I'm done this, I'll be able to straighten out my head and
5: heart. There have been more than 300 murders in Philadelphia so far this year. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. So he
2: wants to go back to the beating that that poor 70, uh, 68-year-old man in New York City got. Uh, from the guy who was trying to rob him. He didn't have a gun. He just beat beat him half to death. <laughs> uh, how about if we just let's go back to fist
1: fighting? Hey, there's just... a
2: real common sense approach Why don't to we today's problems.
1: the violence altogether, so to speak. That's a thought. All right. State Department of Health: 986 new cases of COVID-19. That's a significantly higher number than previous weeks. Still, though, of those people who have had it prior to these new tests, 97 percent, the vast majority of those individuals have fully recovered. No new local deaths. No new local hospitals. Our only COVID-19 patients around here are nine individuals at Geisinger Danville and uh, 231 more individuals locally have gotten the vaccine. The Pennsylvania Capital Star is reporting a Pennsylvania man with ties to State Senator Doug Mastriano of Franklin County is facing federal charges for allegedly assaulting police at the U.S. Capitol. Federal agents arrested Samuel Lazar, a Lancaster County resident, Monday on crimes related to the breach at the Capitol. According to court documents, Lazar maced a line of police officers. Uh, he's seen in many photographs up to that point uh, with Mastriano. The two were acquainted. mastriano's not commenting on this arrest. President Biden said Tuesday he is considering a mask mandate for all federal employees if they are not vaccinated against COVID-19. He says it is under consideration a mask mandate for federal employees if you are not vaccinated. In Washington as well, elsewhere in Washington, the U.S. House Select Committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riot held its first hearing Tuesday with emotional testimony from four law enforcement officers who defended the building that day. The officers spoke at times angrily and almost always emotionally about the physical and psychological injuries they sustained and suffered. And finally, Simone Bios, in her own words
8: no injury thankfully and that's why I took a step back because I didn't want to do something silly out there and get injured so I thought it was best if these girls took over and did the rest of the job which they absolutely did they're olympic silver medalists now and they should be really proud of themselves for how well they did last minute having to go in um and it's been really stressful this olympic games i think just as a whole um not having an audience there are a lot of different variables going into it it's been a long week it's been a long olympic process it's been a long year um so just a lot of different variables and i think we're just a little bit too stressed out um but we should be out here having fun and sometimes that's not the case
1: She has said today she's not going to participate in the individual all-around competition. There are some more elements of gymnastics competition after I believe it is Thursdays all-around. So she would have an opportunity potentially to participate in those but she says it's also okay to sit out the big competitions to focus on yourself. She got quite a bit of pushback from local conservatives on our Facebook page but mostly... Why do you assume the conservatives said that? Oh, just because we know who they are. I mean, they they comment on, you know, they're big President Trump supporters and uh, anti-President. So President Trump supporters don't believe in mental health. So just this select few. (laughs) I don't think that our uh, Facebook conservative cadre is a representative sample of anything other than strongly held... belief holders on Facebook. Fair enough. Which is not a representative sample <laughs> of anything anyway. All right. So, all 795 right, 1-800-795-9565. We've got open phones. There's certainly plenty going on that we can talk about if you so choose. Maybe there's a selected topic you wish to. No texts in the text deck. Uh, the only email pending would be the one that uh, comes to us from... Well, let's talk for a minute about the mask mandate
2: thing. Uh, you know, we're sending mixed signals here that I think are going to wind up causing much more trouble than than biting us. Yeah, it's on our posterior, quite frankly. <laughs> you like that phrase. Well, I mean, come on, let's take a look at it. President Biden now, months ago, he was saying that uh, if if you have uh, the vaccination, you don't need to wear a mask. And let me repeat it. If you have the mask, uh, the vaccination you don't need to wear a mask. Jen Psaki was asked about that yesterday by a Fox News reporter. And she said that, well, this is a different, vaccine, or different virus that we have right now. We have this Delta variant. But the scientists are telling us that the Delta variant it is more contagious, but it's not more deadly mm-hmm. than, the, than it. So what are we doing? And if I, have, if I have the vaccine, who am I protecting by wearing a mask? If the problem is the unvaccinated... Well, shouldn't they be the ones required to wear the mask?
1: Well, it, it, a conventional wisdom would say yes, but the dilemma is that individuals who've been vaccinated can still carry the virus. We, you know, They just don't suffer and die from it, but they still can carry. You can still get it. So in other words, those of us who are responsible and got the vaccine,
2: we still owe something to those idiots who won't get it. Well, that's unfair. They're not idiots. Those people who, for whatever reason, won't get vaccinated. <laughs> that's 100 million people. <laughs> so, um, I, I mean, I have personally Think you're crazy not to get it. I don't. Uh, I, other than this third eye I'm developing here in the center of my forehead, which vision no, <laughs> was becoming blurred anyway. This could be helpful. I've had no ill effects, you know. But seriously, if, if if I'm vaccinated and that's all I need to do to protect me and my family, why should I worry about those people who choose not to avail themselves? Of the the
1: the remedy, if you will. Well, one reason would be that to simply to allow the pandemic to continue for three or four years. If you and I did what you're suggesting, and that's uh, I'm also vaccinated and uh, not wear a mask at all ever under any circumstances when close to other people, uh, that that is something that will keep the the uh, pandemic going, keep the coronavirus going. So whose fault is that? Is well, that my fault? No, your no, fault? No, just let me finish. Okay. And then that pandemic could end up hurting individuals who either can't get the vaccination, who have an allergic reaction or are immunocompromised for whatever reason, or uh, people who still, if they got it even mildly, would be significantly hampered. So the goal would be to participate in any way you can to slowly tamp this down, even though there's 100 million Americans who say, well, I'm not doing my part. You know, I don't want to. I don't have to. President Biden said I should do it, so therefore I won't do it. Or Governor Wolf said I should do it, so therefore I won't. Okay, but what? look at the kids. Under under 12
2: it's awfully hard to get it and yet some people are just completely restricting their younger children from doing anything because they're concerned about the Delta variant or that they're not vaccinated there is no plan to vaccinate five six and seven year old kids at this moment that I'm aware of you know so and now the governor is saying or some governors are saying we're going to send them back to school wearing masks you know you can't see the people's faces you can't react um,
1: you know, you can't tell whether somebody's smiling at you or about to punch you in the mouth. Well, I like the CDC's recommendation when they issued that this week. They said, first of all, uh by uh, by far, in a way, the best way to conduct schooling for most students, though not all, uh, but for most students is in-person education. Right, so schools I agree are with ra- that. So, Right, so schools are ramping up for that. Then the CD says, okay, but if we're going to do that because we still have a pandemic underway that uh, Dr. DeLole says will go from two to five years until this finally disappears it's because of so many people. I mean, that's extending that uh, lifespan because so many people don't want to get the vaccine. Vaccine. Then the CDC said, okay, but if one thing we can control is schools, and that is one place where the disease is spread a little bit. You don't have a lot of spread in schools, but there's some there. But again, it was like the mask mandates that the governor did, you know, using taxation and other forms of revenue control to make sure that there was uh, were shutdowns and so on, and licensures, he used licensures. That was the area he could control, so that's what he did. Well, this is our, what the government can help do, is help control schools. school districts last
2: year, I think they were extremely responsible. When a case developed, they would close a particular school for a day or two and clean the school, then reopen. There was no mass spreader event like there was the the, the Democrats flying in that airplane to Washington, D.C., you know, we, our school districts handled it, I think, very, very responsibly. I'll grant you that I don't think that their, their uh, distance learning in most cases was very effective, but I think they did the right, the best they could seriously do. But now here we are a year later, and people have gone through getting the vaccinations, most, some of them have, and they have been told all along, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, you're safe, you're not safe. You know, come on. We need something definitive. I think what, what Line Mountain has done makes a great deal of sense. You want to wear a mask, wear a mask. You don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. That, I think, makes a great deal of sense. But if everybody in that building, if the teachers, and once you get past sixth grade, 12, 12 years and older, once you get past that, if the kids and the
1: teachers are vaccinated, who are they protecting by wearing a mask? All right. What's your view on this, folks? Give us a buzz. 1-800-795-9565. We have no texts, but we have one email. We have Congressman Keller's survey. We'll read that. Uh, we have a text message that was sent uh, to Rob. So we'll read that on the radio. We got Lance standing by. We'll take more comers. We're talking about mask mandates, but it is nearly open phones. So the topic of your selection is 100% fair game. 1-800 or 99% fair game. 1-800-795-9565 All right. One of our listeners says, why aren't you talking about Charlie Garo, who was involved in some sort of an incident, a fatal motorcycle accident. But Garo says he didn't hit the individual. The motorcycle was uh, jammed in the front of his vehicle and he drove away, uh, either unaware or uh, I guess, well, I guess unaware, period. Uh, Garo was driving and it was a fatal motorcycle accident, but Garo says he's not at fault. And his attorney is doing all the talking now, saying uh, he's not at fault. Uh, one of our I'm listeners asked— Still asks, driving
2: down the highway with a motorcycle in front of your car, you might, you might think you realized
1: something was wrong. <laughs> right, right, right. I, <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> so many unanswered questions. Yes. See, I don't envy the police. This will take them a long time to sort through that. Uh, Lance, you are on the mark. Thanks for calling.
9: Well, you bet. Well, anyway, uh, I've read several essays that it's a lot harder to survive success than it is failure for many folks— And they, uh, well, they studied, like, lottery winners, um, athletes that were really crazy good in high school and then totally just fell to nothing and that type of thing. And it is, it is. It takes a tremendous amount to take that uh, success and uh, really run with it. Uh, So, you know, just a certain thing here. Also here we're talking about uh, Remington and the lawsuit. Now, what that hinged on was the way that the product was um, marketed.
2: I don't know what you're talking about,
1: Lance.
9: You
1: No.
2: no.
9: It was just on your news. Just, I uh, the...
1: uh, We only really hear the beginning of the news after that. We're going through our notes, oh,
9: getting ready okay, for the headlines. Okay. Well and then, so... okay, all right. Well, then I'll fill you, I, I, I was going from the premise that you would know about it.
2: Well, don't go from that premise.
9: <laughs> oh, okay. I know not to do that anymore. All right. Moving on. But. Uh, They've uh, offered uh, $30 million to the families at Sandy Hook. Now, the lawsuit hinged on the way that the product was um, advertised. You know, it was advertised as uh, something to, uh, you know, to kill, maim, and destroy with, you know, according to them. Now, really, it wasn't, but the jury apparently saw that way. Now, if we go on that premise, that the way something is advertised, you can be responsible for. Now, you had a spot for the um, Milton Drink Till You Drop. Now, I only heard it once. I don't think.
2: I don't believe that's the name of the event. Wait, wait, what is this?
9: Okay, the Milton Beer Bash.
1: Okay. The Beer Festival? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you say right. people get drunk at those?
9: Yeah, at least the one over, over here. <laughs> how many
1: How many do you attend on yeah, a yearly basis? Yeah, I don't really think that that's. There's significant outcome of those. No. Oh, well, maybe in Sunbury. You said you you probably know something about Sunbury. I certainly oh, I, dispute your option.
9: Couldn't get near the job, Johnny, on account of the puke. So I don't know. I guess it was bad. Um, here, here you had two very enthusiastic female voices that sounded to me like you had two cheerleaders that were getting student body psyched up for the big game. And uh being, you know, young like that and wee beer practically like that. Now if some kid uh, heard that thought, Wee beer, you know, and then uh chugged a six pack and saw how fast she could drive, you know, through a hot summer night I you know, I if you could be held liable or not. So if uh you could Remington I mean, we held liable, why maybe uh we could run
1: that too okay we got
2: you
9: it okay, makes perfect
1: all right, sense all right thank you so
2: much I, lance i'm not certain it makes perfect sense but thank you lance appreciate okay, can your call I
9: just, yeah, can I have, have a little more time well you
1: know your time is up we have two other calls waiting oh
2: okay all
9: right okay. you have calls Yep. Right. call
1: us back thank you so much uh jim you're on the mark thanks for waiting go right Hi-ya, ahead
4: gentlemen, Hi, gentlemen uh my question is why is joe Biden? And i'm glad i switched from democrat to republican uh because uh I can't understand why he's letting all these people in from Mexico. And we have to wear masks. We can't go to Geisinger without one. Uh, you're being told to wear a mask, get vaccinated and this and that. And he lets all these cuckoos in from Mexico and uh, I'm really just disgusted with Biden.
2: I saw a story this morning that ties into what you're saying, uh, that a group of people in, I think, around the McAllen, Texas area, went to a restaurant, and they noticed a group of Hispanic people sitting at a table coughing and hacking and looking ill at this resta- fast food restaurant. And uh, they went outside. They were concerned. They went outside, and they reported to a policeman that these people were in there coughing and appeared to be sick. And the policeman went in and found out that they were uh illegal immigrants who had entered the country and they had gone to the nearby Catholic Charities office and they had put them up at a hotel and these people were not tested and they have COVID. and they admitted to the policeman that they had COVID.
1: So you discovered we have an illegal immigration
2: problem? No, but I mean, I think what Jim's point is correct. We're we're saying that we have we're telling people to wear masks and we're letting people cross the southern border. If you look at the impacts, the border states are having a greater impact with
1: this this Delta variant than other states. So you're saying President Biden's ignoring a major crisis? Yes. Okay. Thank yeah. You. And so why is why didn't you just say that? So is the uh, director of Homeland Security. <laughs> All right, Jim. And as for Geisinger, they have a mask mandate. That's a private nonprofit organization. They can do mask mandates if they so choose, regardless of whatever President. Biden's doing at the U.S. southern border, so that's why you still have that vaccinations. I think you won't find anybody that encourages you not to get vaccinated. I mean, other than the anti-vaxxers, of which there's only a hundred million of them in the U.S. right now. But uh, Mort, yes,
4: uh, oh no, go ahead. But I do agree with Joe in that, and I just uh, wouldn't like. I just wouldn't vote for Biden again, and that because I just don't like what he's doing and this and that with all these other uh people coming in from mexico
9: fair
2: enough
1: all right we got you all right well you biden will not have your vote in no two, sir two and a half years all right thank you so much sir thanks yes sir for thanks in. jim all right mike you are the next caller on the radio thanks for calling in
7: yeah as far as the uh, people not wanting the vaccine in new york city uh, many of the police officers, many of the school teachers, many of the New York City workers do not want the vaccine. And the uh, mayor there said, hey, we're going to, you know, you're going to have to get this to, uh, you know, stay working. And the uh, Democrats in charge of the unions, okay, these are Democrats, said, "No, oh, wait a minute, just wait a minute. This is a negotiable item you just don't tell our people they have to have the vaccine so we, we, you know, we're having mixed messages whether it's coming from the leadership of the democrat unions or the president of the united states and i'm not hearing anyone criticize the police officers the school teachers and the, and the uh, democrats in the offices in new york for not wanting the vaccine i'm only hearing you people talk or not you but yeah, the, uh, Democrats talking about, hey, the Republicans, the white males, uh, they don't want to get it, okay? Trump supporters don't want to get it. You know, let, let's be fair here for a change and say what the reality is. There's a lot of people, and it's some Democrats, some Republicans, some independents, and some communists and socialists. Now, this is in your wheelhouse, guys, because you guys live closer to the area where there's a lot of Mennonites and Amish than I do. I have a question. Are the Amish and Mennonites, are they getting the vaccine?
1: I don't believe some are some aren't it's there it's not a cohesive block of people you know they don't all work in I you know perfect I
2: thought they were opposed
1: to it some have had had it some don't some get vaccines some don't it's just it's like a cross-section of Sunbury There's some do some don't they're all different
7: okay I'm I, I was talking to some people down in the Lancaster area and they're saying that basically from their knowledge of interacting with them that the Amish and the Mennonites in that area are not getting the vaccine and I don't hear anyone complaining about that okay so now here's here's, here's what I want to say I turned on the TV yesterday and I found out that the January 6th commission had started and I'm watching the TV and what I saw was quote I guess the opening statements but it was a highly edited highly manufactured video okay it wasn't raw video that you know one might expect it was something that was produced to create an impression in my mind and so here's my question I'm just a regular guy and if I want to find out what happened down there the first thing I would do I wouldn't be looking to place blame politically I would be looking at the root cause how did this happen what allowed this to happen and I would start from there but I don't hear any of the politicians they're on a rant and a rave to, to smear trump supporters because they want to win the next election that's the goal and we all know this or anybody that's paying any attention at all and they're not looking at the real problem how was this allowed to occur what 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 caused that you know uh riot to be able to occur and how can we prevent it in the future so you know what it's it's a whole thing a sham and I'm just a little bit disappointed that I switched from sports in the Olympics and uh, happened upon the news channel and saw what was going on there, and and, and that kind of tarnished my opinion of uh, Washington even worse.
2: In a story, just to answer your question, in a story by Channel 10 in Philadelphia, um, they are saying that they don't have data on the Amish folks generally because they are not interested in being tested for a number of reasons. Uh, there are no reliable methods for measuring how many people in those communities contracted the virus or received the vaccination. So, in other words, some are, some. The are the very fact that they're a plain commu- Well, there's another story saying that the ones in Ohio, the old order Amish in Ohio, are not getting vaccinated despite having serious in, uh, amount of cases in their community. So... I would say that okay. the, 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 it would appear to indicate that the majority of them choose not to, but there are some who have. I don't know why I didn't just say some
1: are, some aren't. But Oh wait, I did. <laughs> Six times. Yeah, but apparently more aren't than are. Oh, okay, gotcha. All right.
7: Now, as far as the vaccinations occur worldwide, I mean, there are vast areas of this world where there are no vaccines, and people have it, and it's being spreaded. So here in the United States, every single person could get vaccinated, But in those other areas of the world, there's going to be new variants that develop over time. I mean, it's just the the way Darwin's stuff works. And those variants are gonna keep circling around. We're not going to, in my mind, we're not going to exterminate this virus. So we're gonna, quote, have to live with it. And we're gonna have to live with it the best we can. And by uh, making every single person in the United States get a uh, vaccine starting, let's say we could snap our fingers, Guess what? Those variants are going to occur in the world and they're going to come here and then we're going to have to have new vaccines because that's going to be spreading around. Now, luckily, from what I understand with these variants, they're not really interested, you know, and I know, Mark, you're going to get on me for saying that the uh, viruses aren't interested, but the reality is when when they get a variation, they're not trying to be more lethal. They're just trying to survive and spread. That's the way it works. So, you know, we're finding with this Delta variant that everyone's talking about, it doesn't appear to be as lethal, but it's just more easily spread. So hopefully, that you know, the natural scheme of things, that this will happen. The odds are that the virus will become more spreadable, but the idea that it's going to be something that kills everybody probably is not going to happen.
2: So you believe that Darwin's survival of the fittest is really just uh, applying to this situation? It's thinning out the herd?
1: (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah,
2: there's too that, many that of us. that
7: sounds a a, a a little bit crude, but hey, that would be the reality I, I of it, I think yes. that's
1: what you're saying. But that's all right. That's the reality of uh, disease in our world. Good old Darwin. He we had have it. an overpopulation problem, <laughs> but uh, guess what? We have a disease problem also. So.
2: And the disease problem will solve the overpopulation problem? Is that your point? Not yours, uh, Mark's. No, it reduces
1: <laughs> it. It didn't solve it. We're so, oh, my gosh, we've still got a gazillion Significantly overpopulated places in the world. Okay. Okay. My
7: last, my, my last comment, man. Right now, we're having a we, you know, we used to call it a dog and pony show. And that, that's what's happening down in Washington, D.C. These these people aren't serious. It's a dog and pony show. And it, But the real serious stuff is happening in our economy. There are so many factors that are going the wrong way. And the people in control of the economy are making the decisions that aren't helping things. So to me, the, the real threat is this economy as opposed to the virus down the road. And, uh, you know, I, I actually went to uh, here uh, a politician speak last. Now, he claimed not to be a politician, uh, Masteriano, but he didn't, in my mind, address the, po- uh, the, the, the probability of inflation, of uh, job losses, uh, uh, declining income. He, he didn't uh, talk about anything. And to me, the economy, where the economy goes, that's where the country goes. And, and I'm, really, I'm really upset that, you know, the uh, Democrats in Washington that are running the show right now they're just interested in printing money, passing it around, buying future votes, and they're really not worried about you know, capitalism and the economy and keeping this thing sustainable.
1: All right. Thank okay, you so much, Mike. Thanks, Thanks for the call. 1 800 795 9565. Covered a lot of ground there related to the uh, January 6th uh, hearings. Uh, what's your view? Will they be a sham? That seems to be the common word that we hear about them. Or could they potentially uncover something? One of the officers says this was the first time he w- talked about some of the things that he testified yesterday. So, whatever investigations are happening, uh, some of the aspects that he testified to yesterday hadn't been asked or inquired about about from anybody investigating so uh, and the Republicans say they're going to do their own select committee so combine the results of the two you know, that's, can, can, it's not going to happen <laughs> oh they're not going to do one at all I, I, I don't McCarthy think so I that. think
2: that I think you know what would it prove and how much money are we going to spend on this it seemed to me that the Republicans okay. wanted to do something they could have sucked it up and let the three people that Nancy Pelosi
1: did appoint Go and and make their their case as best they could, but you know. Okay, Mr. McCarthy's perfectly mistaken. He is not, in fact, going to do a Senate. Well, he may so be, but I don't think. I think that when push comes to shove, the Republicans won't do it. Let me tell you about the 2021 Bronco Sport oh, Badlands. Please that, do. That was up here at the KOK about a month ago, and uh, you can uh, take a look at one yourself down at the Sunbury Motor Company. Two-liter four-cylinder turbocharged boost motor, start-stop technology. Technology gets about uh, 26 miles to the gallon, uh, but it is a Badlands package, which means it has the power moonroof reverse sensing system so that it would be very hard even for me to back into something. It just won't let you do it. It, imp- it uh, interacts with the brakes to stop you before you hit something, and it has a wireless phone charging, dual-zone uh, air conditioning. A lot of cars have that today. HD radio, so you can listen to our sister station, 94KX, and Ego, 107 and a Point down the valley in HD. Has a 10-speaker Bang & Olufsen sound system. Oh, yeah. All right. There you go. Now we're, now we're talking. Now you're talking. Joe likes uh, big band music. I like Bang & Olufsen sound cards. All right. And uh, remote start. So that's just a few of the things. I like the eight goat modes. Not goat, greatest of all time modes, but goat, meaning a goat that can climb a mountain. It's got mud, sand, sport, eco. Uh, sp- Joe likes sport because it gives it more horsepower and it can break the posted legal speed and easier, and also has slippery mode if you're in some snow. Slippery mode, so, all right. That sounds uh, yeah, good. Bronco Sport. Let's see. Manufacturer's suggested retail price about thirty-seven thousand dollars, but guess what? It was right around thirty-four on the sticker down there at the Sunbury Motor Company. So do as I did. Uh, enjoy a fabulous vehicle from the Sunbury Motor Company. If they don't have the particular one you want, order one up. They got some chips coming in. They're going to be delivering some new vehicles in August. That's when I think it's probably my telluride in the F- 150 and uh, the expedition will be in, but uh, you order what you want. Ooh, and uh, go to sunburymotors.com to get started. 1-800-795-9565. We'll be right back. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on The Mark. I am Mark Lawrence, a bad liberal, but I play one on the radio anyway. Joe and I were so argumentative yesterday. Everywhere we went after where people told us to stand down and listen to each other. Nah, that's not good. Nah, forget (laughs) that. Forget that. Never going to work. That's not what we do here. The last thing I'm going (laughs) to do is listen. Anyway, Olivia, thank you so much for waiting a short time. You are on The Mark. Thanks for calling in. From Mifflinburg.
8: Yeah, um, so you talked a little bit about overpopulation and, like, the vaccine. Well, I I just want to ask you something, because you kind of joked about it, but um, why do you think it is that Joe Biden gets on with somebody around the age of, like, 19 or something and says that young women, 16 to 25, are their main target or as he says, it's very crucial for them to go get vaccinated.
2: Probably because- uh, why, so he, s- why he singles out young women for that?
8: Yeah.
1: Maybe that
2: is the because single that most-
8: is the, that is the stage in life when you are most fertile as a young woman. And, you know, if there is the possibility of infertility and if this vaccine is killing old people or whatever, who is the number one advocate? Well, maybe not the one, number one advocate, but this guy's been advocating for this vaccine, and everybody needs to go get a vaccine, and he doesn't even have a medical degree. Well, little Gate.
1: I He's concerned and with he's everybody's... He's been
8: talking for years about depopulating the earth with a vaccine, and I don't understand how people don't see that.
1: And you do you believe that there is some evidence that the vaccine causes infertility? We talked to several doctors about it. They say no, but th- they don't know everything. They don't know what you know.
8: I mean, I do have the same medical degree as Phil Gates. Right. And he's been talking about this vaccine for however long it's been going on. It's you know, he has such a medical medical degree too okay well, mean, if you
1: are if you're concerned about your fertility I think you have to do you know President Biden might not be the right person to say it but you have to do what you are doing you know you have to listen to advice from people who do know what they're talking about a- excluding of course President Biden and Bill Gates and do listen to your physician whoever that is and um, people who you know that are you know factual bearers of information whoever that is in your life and in your your community, and you might be able to rely on the internet for some of it. But I would suggest, and I don't think President Biden will ever voice this, is you do what you're doing, that you weigh all your options. You know, the stakes are high when it comes to fertility, so, you know, you don't want to mess with that. So if, even though there's no evidence that it hurts fertility, uh, the stakes are high. Same with birth defects, you know, people, uh, women are concerned about that. But But But,
2: there's another issue too that I think- Let me just finish this
1: sentence. Thousands and thousands of women have received the vaccine with absolutely no ill effects in any way at all whatsoever. But keep doing what you're doing It would be my recommendation, and I knew even less than all the other names I named.
2: But here's, here's, I think, an issue that you might touch on, Olivia. I saw this morning that um, they were asking the question, I think it's a valid question, that the uh, CDC, or I'm sorry, that the Health, health Agency still has not given final approval for this drug. Yet there are hundreds, right. millions of doses that have been administered. They have all of the information and in theory that they need to come out and say, this is perfectly safe. Yet they haven't done it. They've exactly. given emergency authorization, yep. but they haven't come back yet and said, okay, this is final. This thing is safe. You can take it with great security. You know, the fact that they haven't right. said that is a matter of some concern.
8: It is and I don't understand why people are so quick to rush out and go get this vaccine when it's still just experimental. They're not they're not FDA approving it. They're not approving it by the CDC, but yet people are running out and getting this vaccine because I need to protect so and so. Well, if so and so wants to go get the vaccine, then they can go do that, but then they're protected. You got to look at yourself and you got to say, do I need to be protected from a common cold or Do I have to go out and get a vaccine for it? Because I can tell you right now, I'm 19 years old. I would survive. Now, (laughs) I've had family members who have gotten it pretty bad. And, you know, people in my life who have serious medical issues who have gotten it, and they are fine now. So, you know, obviously there's that chance of dying. But if you get the flu, if somebody gets pneumonia that can't handle it, it happens. That's life. It's. I don't understand why there's a vaccine for something that is so common. But the biggest thing is, do we trust the people that are advocating for this vaccine? And I don't
1: think I do. <laughs> well, yeah,
8: <that's>
1: I <laughs> so you're but, saying you don't trust Bill Gates and Joe Biden. Come on now, <laughs> Olivia. What's wrong with you? No, <laughs> seriously. Know, right? But seriously, uh, f- find ultra-trustworthy services, uh, sources of information and opinion. And uh, But you s- don't know. Everyth- everything's
2: contradiction. I mean, Olivia's got a good point. No, one day they tell you this. One next day they there's tell a, you that. plenty of about this. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask.
1: About this. Thank you so much, Olivia. We really, really appreciate you yeah, calling call in. And please listen often and call often. We need your viewpoint. You're our crucial audience (laughs) for this for this viewpoint. We listen
8: to it every morning and it really pisses me off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well well, we're here for you. Thank you. For one reason or another. Thank you. All right. Chris stand by we'll be right back. We got a caller and we'll take one more, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We'll be right
6: back.
1: All right, welcome back. We've got two callers in five minutes. We'll start out with Chris, then Than. Take them in the order in which they are Go ahead, Chris, you're on the mark. you got three minutes.
5: Well, I'm sorry about that last caller, but she is taking a, a made-up uh, worry and sending it over an actual worry, in my opinion, but she has the right to do it
1: as she looks at the Sorry. radio and says says another untrustworthy opinion well, what
5: parts made yeah. up do
1: you think chris oh
5: the, the the causes infertility
1: she didn't say that she
5: questioned that was her worry though
1: yep but if you were a young woman wouldn't you question wouldn't you rely on only most reliable information before you decided
5: well, I think the most reliable information is out there. They've given it to millions of people, and uh, they haven't found anything over a year period. But yet, okay? the Which FDA. she really wants.
2: But yet, the FDA has not given final approval for the drug, despite all that.
5: Why well, not?
1: It's they're not done yet with with uh, what compiling all the research. It will have it. Multiple shortly.
2: millions of doses by have the been end given. of the year. It'll oh,
1: have yeah. it. So but anyway, ahead, Chris. Jelly.
5: Just, just encourage it. Go ahead, Chad. No, I'm just You're asking. Wonderful. You're a wonderful <laughs> human being. Now, moving on to Al's call about the, 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 the hearings, there's no sign that it's, it's partisan. People are after the truth, and <laughs> the truth might be that Pelosi uh didn't fully protect the capital for uh... reasons of not looking making it look like a fortress wall and and which would might encourage more violence maybe that was her judgment there was all sorts of good reasons too that she might not have been the one really that did it but we can know what trump did and he was definitely trying to overthrow it stop the the, the official certification of the election. He's still saying that he's going to be president by the end of August, and therefore the Republicans shouldn't vote for anything anything the Democrats want, or even la- allow the bills to come up, because he's going to be president by the end of August.
2: Where did he Which, say that, Chris? I haven't seen him saying that. He said about
5: three days ago. He, said he's, going to, he said he's going to be president. when the real crazy stuff doesn't get reported on Fox. It was one of his written press releases.
2: And Trump actually then, said he's going to be yeah, the president.
5: Well, he put it in a press release. Yes. Okay. okay. I haven't
2: heard that. I didn't well, hear that don't, on MSNBC. I'll look
5: it up, but don't take up my time. Haven't even heard uh, it on MSNBC. The other thing is, that look at what he did do. He, report, he appointed new people to all these positions after he lost the election that would have control over... Decisions like uh, when the National Guard get got sent in and the Defense Department and a lot of things having to do with the Army and co- things connected with uh, protecting the Capitol. All right, Chris, he I got to get new people. So he they would make decisions that he wanted because he knew the old people wouldn't. Right. Why else do you replace people after you've lost an election?
1: All right. Thank you so much, Chris. Really, really. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Then you get less than a minute, but you got it. Go right ahead.
5: Okay, what Chris said, boy, listen to that, because that made a lot of sense. The other thing that I wanted to mention is it's science. Learning new things in science brings the scientists to the point of saying, you know, this may not be right tomorrow, but today it's correct not to wear a mask. If things get worse, it will be the other way around. Uh, Listen to Dr. Fauci. Listen to CDC. Understand what science can do and can't do. And what they can't do is know what's going to be new tomorrow. And uh, what we may need double masks the day after tomorrow. But that would be scientific. Thank you.
2: All right, thank you so much. All right, and incidentally, it wasn't wasn't President Trump who said that. The only reference I can find is that Mike Lindell was spreading the my pillow guy was spreading the rumor that Trump would
1: be president in August, not Trump himself. All right, we got you. I'm sure he agreed, though. <laughs> <laughs> that Hoping maybe long overdue. All right, you are listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK, OK, Sunday. We'll have nearly open phones tomorrow on WKOK's On the Mark program.